Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The United States will soon open its Mexico and Canada borders to vaccinated people. The borders have been closed for more than a year and a half due to the pandemic, and only so-called essential travelers have been able to cross. The result has meant big economic losses for both sides of the binational region. Jason Wells is the executive director of the San Isidro Chamber of Commerce. So the border is reopening soon. It has been closed, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. What has been the toll of that, not having it open for so long? Yeah, you know, people think uh, I overstate this, and and we can't. This is, what's happened in San Isidro is akin to Little Italy. And if the governor of California said, literally, you're back open, you're ready, you're completely open, go for it. And the president of the United States came in and said, but the only people that can shop in Little Italy or eat in Little Italy are the residents of Little Italy. They wouldn't survive, and we barely have been. Um, to the toll of last week was our $1.3 billion lost sale anniversary, something we don't want to celebrate. Um, but yeah, we, you know, 95% of the customers on Senesirts Boulevard, our mom and pops, come from Mexico. A large majority of them are pedestrians with, with visas, uh, tourist visas, precisely those that can't cross. The percentage is around 65% for the outlet side. Um, so through this pandemic, you know, not only have we lost, you know, $1.3 billion in sales, but 2,200 families lost their opportunity to feed their children, you know, with 2,200 jobs lost. Um, through this. And that, you know, to me, that's, that's the most important point. And then of course, there's, you know, families that haven't seen each other in 19 months, et et cetera, et cetera. So to us, this opening was everything. And the timing couldn't be better. Uh, 65% of our businesses will make their entire, on a normal year, make their net sales between November 20th and January 6th. Um, So the fact that we're doing this reopening at the beginning of November uh, couldn't come at a better time. Do you think the border should have reopened sooner? Uh, you're going to get me on this uh, soapbox. I don't think the restrictions should have ever been put in place. Um, the fact is, since March of 2020, not a day has passed where 100,000 people didn't cross between California and Baja California. They just said a separate 30,000 couldn't. Um, that, to me, just pure numbers. There, there's no effect on health. And, we, we, and we've proven this. Um, when the president first, former president, uh, first put this in place, uh, we assisted the county of San Diego. So the, the issue at the time was we were worried about infections, right, coming from Mexico, according to him. Um, so we helped the, the county uh, health office put a COVID testing site at the border, at the world's busiest land border crossing. The infection rate of people coming from Mexico was never any higher than it was for the rest of South San Diego. Um, and then the, so there, there's one step. Then the vaccinations came, right? And vaccines were sent to Mexico. The Mexican president purposely sent a lot of them to northern border state, Mexican northern border states, precisely to help get rid of the border restrictions. Uh, Baja California reached the 75 percentile rate before we did. Um, so there was another, you know, I finally, we just we just kept at it until the government finally ran out of excuses. Um, and so now to say we're going to open and, and check, I vaccinations is, is, uh, was enough to do it. And so we're happy it's done. It's long overdue. Yeah, I mean, with the border reopening and people being able to cross to come here for work, how do you think that will affect the region? You know, I know we've been facing a labor shortage. Might that help? Well, so workers have always been able to cross. Right. So if you work in the United States, you should be either you by law, you're either a citizen or a 
legal permanent resident. They have always been able to cross. So now that's the legal side. The reality is, um, yeah, I know you, you can't find a handyman available for work right now because they're all over. They're all overworked. Uh, but you know, one could assume where those jobs were coming from. Uh, I can't. You know, I'm, I, I was asked to speak as the chamber, so I won't speak on on underground uh, uh, workforces or anything. But um, look, we're a binational region. Uh, you know, I've even heard from people that say, "Oh, but there's businesses in Tijuana that have made more money because people aren't crossing." But you know, what? even they're not happy because they know that's not the way things are supposed to work here, right? And forced customers aren't happy customers. Um, they're still wanting whatever it was that they got in the states, and, and they're just doing by with what they could, you know, have to get in, in, in Tijuana. Um, you know, it, among those things, I was—I remember about ten years ago, I thought I knew everything in this area, and was surprised to find out that a large re reason people shop in the United States, one thing people don't think of often is the return policy. That at Walmart or any of our mom and pop, something doesn't fit, you don't like it, whatever, for whatever reason, you can return it and either get your money back or store credit. Well, that's not the case in Mexico many, many times. Um, so it's, it's things like that. That's part of our binational life. You know, obviously we all have heard about, you know, getting tacos in, in, in Tijuana on your lunch hour or, or, you know, things like that. But there's, we're just so intertwined that you know the, the the political line of the border itself is is one thing but to try and act, absolutely put a barrier between that it's just it's just not natural <laughs> for us um and so you know quality of life i think is the, the you know it's, it's one of the biggest uh, factors in all this as well that's really interesting about the returns i didn't know that yeah um so what do you think recovery economic recovery for the region is going to look like so so i'm proud to say we're the only chamber i've heard of that's created actually a, a recovery plan uh, for San Isidro. Um, now, it's going to take not only our efforts, but it's going to take some funding, uh, which we're waiting to see. But, you know, everybody from Sandag to the mayor to everywhere has been talking about social equity. Um, so we're going to see if any of that social equity funding comes south of the eight. <laughs> uh, we're going to see that real quick. Uh, but with that being said, we're never going to recuperate our losses, of course, but recovering, I, I think, can be fairly quick. Um, certainly, as I said, with a good holiday season, our basis will be taken care of for actual growth and recovery. We're going to need some infrastructure changes. Uh, again, that's part of our plan. Uh, an additional part of our plan, probably the most expensive piece, is a hundred business pilot program we want to do, where we have a partner company in LA whose partners are actually Amazon and, and, and Microsoft, etc., where they would come in for a year to each of these hundred businesses and handhold them through getting on to uh, online sales. Uh, this could be a game changer for a lot of our business. We're San Isidro. We're always going to be here for the border crosser. That's the reason we're on the map. But if I can augment their sales by 20 to 40% online, then when stupid political things like this border restriction happen, then, you know, maybe they can last two, three more, mo more months, or, you know, it doesn't affect them as bad. Or maybe that's two or three jobs each business doesn't have to get rid of. Um, during that timeline. So, you know, as a chamber geek, this is fun now, right? Trying to do these things. Uh, but again, I think the natural tendency of our binational community will spark recovery right away. Whether we actually recover and they grow is going to be up to, you know, some assistance outside of outside of our abilities. Uh, but uh, we're, we're asking for it and we're, we're going to do everything we can to make it happen. What has been the biggest takeaway for you during the pandemic? Great question. Uh, there's two big takeaways. One, border communities have no representation in Washington, D.C. 
And I not only say this for San Isidro, I say this for San Diego, I say this for Brownsville, Texas, and El Paso, Texas, and Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Algodones, Arizona. We have no uh, uh, voice in Washington, D.C. So as part of our recovery plan, one of the things we're advocating for is that the Border Mayors Conference become more of an advocacy group. Um, right now, it's a wonderful group, it, as, as the name implies, it's border mayors from both sides of the border. Um, and usually each year they go to a different port of entry, have a great lunch and see a PowerPoint about uh, um, uh, successes in their region, which is wonderful. And it's great to have that conversation and these people annoy each other. But if that group becomes uh, part, it becomes advocates as well. Now I've got 40 mayors telling DC what Mayor Gloria and I have been trying to scream from the mountaintop here, <laughs> um, all in concert saying the same thing. And eventually their congressmen have to listen. And eventually the senators will have to listen. And eventually the president's going to have to listen. Um, so that, that's got to happen, um, number one. I think the second biggest takeaway we saw is that CBP has blind horse blinders on from the Trump era that they are godlike and have to respond to no one. Um, and the reason I say this is, uh, you know, we worked, I've been doing this uh, here in San Isidro for 17 years. We worked for the first 10 of those on getting a good relationship with CBP. When Alan Burson was the uh, commissioner of CBP, we'll know him locally as a school board president and many other things. Like when he was a commissioner of CBP, he actually not only put into talk the language of balancing economy and security, but he put it into action. And it came to a point where weights were getting too high and, and Sandag did a wonderful job of doing a study and being able to monitor or uh, being able to quantify what each 45 minutes of weight, you know, meant to the community or to, to the, the economy. And so when wait times got up, I, you know, I could call TVP and, you know, lanes were being flushed, right, to make sure that these things were kept in, um, you know, the last five years has just been We've just been ignored. And even at the height of the pandemic, you had 45% of crossers crossing the border than normal. 100% of CBP personnel working and five hour wait times on a regular basis. And I'm not exaggerating because many were greater than five. Um, and, and this is for their what they call essential travelers. I hate that title because everybody is essential and every job is essential and every kid that needs to eat from his parents' income based on border crossings is essential. But uh, based on what they call essential, the only essential people were crossing with 100% personnel and we still had five or eight times. Um, I know locally there's some managerial changes happening now that we are uh, people that we know and we're people that uh, respected that balance. Um, so we're hoping some some you know minor changes uh, or or at least yeah minor uh, acts will happen now to help us as we open the border to make sure wait times stay somewhat down. Um, but I think on a national on, on a national level, we've got to go back to having some kind of uh, uh, you know presidentially mandated balance between economy and security. You cannot have one without the other. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, you know, just that we're, lo we're looking forward to uh, welcoming our brothers and sisters and friends and family and neighbors uh, back from, from Tijuana. We're working on an event uh, to happen on the 8th with uh, several mayors in the area on both sides of the border. Um, and uh, I've got some orders for a whole bunch of ball caps and balloons and, uh, you know, just waiting to get back to get back to life. You can find more news online at sandiegouniontribune.com. I'm Christy Totten. Thanks for listening.